0: We're gonna talk all things brain health with Dr. Dean and Dr. Aisha Sherzai, a husband and wife, team of doctors, and directors of the Alzheimer's Prevention Program at Loma Linda University Medical Center and best-selling authors of The Alzheimer's Solution. They are true thought leaders in how to prevent neurodegenerative disease with lifestyle changes. Dean, Aisha, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for Excited having to us. Be here. We are so happy you're here. You know, you guys were at our revitalized event earlier this year, and really had the whole audience captivated, and, and really, uh, really mind blowing stuff. And I encourage everyone to listen to our talk. But one of the things we when we we did that interview, we started out with this statistic, which is frightening and hits home personally for for me and a lot of people and, and it's this crazy statistic that almost half the people who live to age 85 47 will have alzheimer's mm-hmm. it's scary
1: it is it is it's the fastest growing epidemic in in the united states and most of the world in fact and it's a quiet epidemic because we don't hear as much as we should i mean given that it's uh, after the age of 65, 10% and doubles every decade until 85. It's at age 85, you have 50% who have dementia. And that's massive. You know, it's more massive if you take into consideration that the fastest growing population in America is 85 and above. That population is growing four times faster than those 65 and above, 65 to 85 and that population is growing twice as fast as everybody else. Now, everybody's seen the pyramid of aging. Everybody, uh, you know, the bottom of the pyramid, the widest area is uh, usually there, the people in their 20s and 30s, and that's been the case for millions of years. That pyramid is about to turn upside down. We now have a greater percentage of population who's older than 40. And that number is gonna grow more and more. So you will have more people above the age of 40 than below. That's never been seen. And that number has grown so rapidly that there's a statistic, these are statisticians who come up with these numbers, that more than 70% of all the individuals that have ever lived past the age of 70 are alive now, ever. So we're seeing this incredible growth, and it's wonderful we have 80,000 centenarians in the United States alone. Those are people over the age of 100. And that number is going to go to 600,000 by 2050. Centenarians. So we have to address this uh, because we're aging and we're aging well in many ways, but 50% are uh, experiencing dementia. Wow.
0: So one of the things that was definitely really interesting and won over the crowd at Revitalize, you know, it's it's easy to go down the, the road of diet. Everyone say, Okay, plant based diet, get it and so forth. But when asked, you know, what's what's the number one thing we can do for our brain health? I loved the, I love the whole audience, loved loved your, your answer and it was purpose. Talk more about that. Why why purpose?
2: I guess it's the glue that binds everything together. It, it centers all the other elements together. Yeah, Obviously nutrition is important, obviously exercise is important, and we can talk about it for hours, there's a lot of data, but what comes back over and over again when you look at the healthiest places in the world, when you look at um, um, different populations that have been followed, it has to be purpose, it has to be that drive, that vector, that um, allows people to focus the importance of all the other elements on it, whether it's nutrition, exercise, or stress management. And um, it's that energy that pushes everything forward. And the lack of it makes everything else meaningless.
1: It's it's uh, when we when we did this book, uh, we have this acronym neuro. It's a little gimmicky, cute, um, yeah, cute acronym, but we you know it's it's good. It helps give people a perspective. At the center of it is you. So unwind. But what is that? Uh, and and, and there, it's, it's stress management or, or tension management. Life needs tension. Life is tension. Anything that's, that's not moving, that's not creating that potential or in physics, potential or kinetic energy, it's not alive. Our, our cellular structure is a potential energy everything is. So to say that I'm going to re- eliminate stress, sorry I just tapped. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 erroneous. I agree. Yeah. Unique.
0: stress stress is always
1: with you. It is. Your problems don't change. Your no. problems your problems don't go away, they just change. I like exactly. Yeah. But the kind of stress is important. I mean the then as much as we would like to talk about nutrition and it's been our life, our PhDs, our research, we went to Loma Linda for this. But but uh, sadly or fortuitously the most important factor in brain health and life health and, and is good stress. So what is good stress?
0: Well what's good stress and good purpose?
1: Yes. People always love to
0: measure things like, okay, like what's good purpose? How do mm-hmm. I do this? Like mm-hmm. the great thing about diet is like, okay, like this is how much spinach or kale I ate. This is how much like you could, it's very easy to, to measure. You can take your bloods and so forth, and it's like, okay, I'm making progress, but like how do you measure like What's good purpose? What's good stress?
1: Good purpose. So this is the thing. I say that we have to welcome complexity in life. I think most of the problems in the world is when we try to find things in simplicity. And the world is not that. So we have to find comfort in discomfort, comfort in complexity. And it's a little complex in the sense that it's not the gimmick. It's not the vitamin. It's not this, that. Purpose or good purpose or good tension is that which is driven by what you love. And that doesn't have to be something that you, it, it can change. But it's the thing that drives you. It gives you motivation. It is a light at the t- end of the tunnel. It has something that was connected to your past. It is something to connected to, to a higher meaning in life. And that becomes the, what I've defined the consciousness. It becomes the biggest island of consciousness for you. And that island of consciousness is the one that actually connects you to everything else. So I had a patient who wasn't talking for months because of, she had mild dementia, but didn't have infection. And in the clinic, in the wards, we do you know rounds. We rounded, and they, they pay, the residents would would say, "Quickly, go to the next patient." I said, "No, let's uh, tell me about her. We'll call, call her, Ms. Collins." And they said, uh, Don't worry, her potassium is this sodium. I said, No, no, no. Tell me about her. After much search, they found out that she was a piano teacher for 60 years. And I said, OK, Miss Collins, Miss Collins. And the residents are getting a little hurt. Ir- Miss Collins, who's the best, who was the greatest composer? And of course, she's not talking, she's looking through, and the residents are getting a little tense. And I did it again. And by the third time, I see a flicker. And sl- this person that has not spoken in months, in a very slight voice, says, What a stupid question. <laughs>
0: you know, Mozart or <laughs> Beethoven, <laughs>
1: what is a stupid question? But that's purpose. When you connect everything around that one thing, it doesn't have to be grandiose, but it's yours. It gives you direction, it gives you purpose. It could be volunteering, it could be music. It could be running an organization like yours where you're changing the world. It could be, but it's got to be yours and it's got to actually have a vector and it should have series of successes. That's not easy. That's, that's not the pill off the sh- you know, shelf. Mm-hmm. But I think if people focus on that, if people focus on finding that and they don't, they don't have to make it well circumscribed, oh, I'm going to stick to this. It can change over time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole purpose of growth. That creates everything else. Everything else can be connected to that. Your nutrition can be connected to that. Your exercise, your meditation, everything can be connected to that. Otherwise, it becomes little islands that are fleeting from moment to moment, from event to event, from talk to talk. But there has to be a central anchor of purpose, which is what we found repeatedly in these healthy places where we are in Loma Linda. And where we have, you know, the people that live the longest, but also healthiest, it's not because they took the vitamins concoction or this or that. They had every one, I mean, I I hate to be bombastic, almost every one of them had a purpose that they can actually tell you right away that this was my life purpose. That's the beauty. And
0: And purpose is something that's free. Yes. Doesn't you don't you don't need money to find purpose?
2: Mm-hmm. And from a practical purpose, it changes. It changes from um, from age to age. It doesn't have to be a static thing. I mean, a lot of people um, when they when they visit us and you know we we uh, provide this this holistic, um, multifaceted, a comprehensive approach to brain health and mind health and general well being you know, finding what the purpose is or finding what that drive and energy is, it, it changes. And so people have to be comfortable with the notion that it'll take some time to find it. And if it changes, it is, it's is—it's okay. One has to um, be able to shift their their life, their uh, tools and their resources according to what that purpose is. And um, finding it will take some time.
0: What do you guys think is uh misguided example of purpose
2: Hmm.
1: a misguided example of purpose is one that you read from a book and then you try to follow it
2: (laughs) the cookie cutter approach yeah
1: you 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 read dean and Aisha's purpose and you said that's my purpose because it sounds so good it never is it never is it has because it's complex again complexity let's talk about our purpose our purpose has changed repeatedly I mean we when we would sit down with the family we have Sundays we have this family gathering and this comes from Covey's time I mean family after all meetings. family meeting you know what's what's our vision statement to help lower suffering okay that's that doesn't mean anything I mean it's so big so broad but that has evolved over time and now we're doing books and the kids are doing this stuff and it evolves but that central theme has kept us moving and the purposes and again it could be Have evolved, but it has a direction. And but if somebody, if I would have followed, even you know whoever from Maxwell to Covey to you know the next person, whatever this little book that comes out, the next, it would have completely misguided me because it's not around what I value, my capacities, my strengths, my own weaknesses, my own desires, my past. I'm we have a very very eclectic past compared to many other people. If I don't have my purpose having an element of all of those, I'm missing parts of my experiences. So it it should be yours. Probably the hardest thing is finding that path, Mm -hmm. and it should take time. And I think we should spend more time on that than anything else um, in life. Because once you find the general direction, the highway, or, or not even highway, general direction, then, then it becomes fun, because even if the, 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 you take the off-road here, the path less traveled, we love that, <laughs> as this poet said, uh, then it's, it's fine, it's fun, because it's, it's in the same direction, you know, it, it's good. Um, but it makes, so let's connect one thing to that. Let's say exercise. So our direction is, we've, you know, she did Columbia, I did NIH and all this stuff, but then we went to Loma Linda, you know. Loma is not the biggest name in the world, but it was the healthiest place in the world. It's, it's the blue zone, the only blue zone in the United States. So we said, we're going to take the risk. And the risk didn't feel like a risk because it was along our purpose. You know? our, our mentor said, you know, you know, You're, this is suicide. It didn't, <laughs> didn't turn out that way. It didn't turn out that yeah. way. We, it, was, it was wonderful because it was along that purpose and even when we did the research it wasn't just a one-off paper we have to get to 600 publications no every paper we did every publication we did was around that purpose so it wasn't well
0: i yeah. think the point is purpose is about the journey it's not it about the about destination it. it's not like i'm going here and i did it and now i'm done with purpose and we're moving on to the next thing yes yes yes, yes
1: yes as as the as the song goes it's about the journey and not the destination <laughs> yeah aerosmith you just <laughs> go <in> there. <laughs> and, and what
0: about what do you think people get wrong about stress management? You were going that direction.
2: I think the most common thing that we see in the clinics and in the hospital and in the communities that we work is when you talk about stress, people envision this life of just you know laying on the hammock under the sun and not doing anything. The
0: picture in Bali, I've got the yeah. rose petals, a yeah, you know, yeah. handstand on a beach. You've you know, seen the calendar pictures, right? Yeah.
2: yeah, the palm trees and all that. And that's not it. That's, that's absolutely not it. As a matter of fact, you know, statistically speaking, um, people who retire – or they stop um, that complex activity that they have been involved in for years and decades. Once they stop that, they lose that edge. And then you start seeing early signs and symptoms of dementia creeping in. It's, it's a very steep downward decline from there on. And, um, and the way we describe stress, or the good stress, is continue the same complexity and challenge that you were used to, but focus it on an area that you love. So say, for example, you've been an accountant or you worked in a bank and you were involved with paperwork and numbers and you don't want to do that anymore. What was it during your childhood and youth years that you absolutely loved? Dean actually had a lot of, you know, some of his patients work on cars, building car models or, or similar activities, learning a new language or picking up a volunteering work and continue that. So, um, so stress doesn't mean just stopping right. everything.
0: Well, is that part of the problem? It's this idea of you know I get to retirement that I'm just done, and then and then you just start shutting off your and then. It
1: yeah, is. It's it very pervasive. Is. It is. Um, the the steepest decline of all the curves. I mean, talk about nutrition, exercise. Right? The steepest the steepest decline is among those who have had a very, very active mental act- activity throughout their life, be it job or whatever, it's usually actually job complexity. It's not even education. Mm-hmm. When we do research, we always use education as a proxy, as a, as a side of representation of mental activity or brain reserve, but it's not a good one. I mean, otherwise, Pil- Pil- poor Bill Gates and uh, Steve Jobs only had a year of college or even, you know, right. yeah, but it's not that, it's mental activity and job complexity. And those people, when they retire and they don't do anything, they have the steepest decline. So the brain works like this. You have about 87 billion neurons. But each neuron, of course, I'm simplifying it. It's more complex But each neuron can make a few connections or as many as 30,000 connections. There lies protection. There lies the protection. And what has the greatest effect on that connection? Whereas nutrition creates the good environment, whereas sleep creates the good environment, whereas exor- uh, um, um, uh, but exercise and mental activity or good challenge or purpose creates the connections, 30,000 connections. Now, so when people compare uh, the brain to muscle, I say, what a disservice to the brain. I mean, the biggest guy you know, I don't even know name, so I always, some, some muscle bodybuilder, three times bigger than average, right? But when your neurons can make 30,000 connections, nothing can sever those. That's actually been shown. That's why looking at the brain just volumetrically makes no sense. So what's bad complex
0: mental activity? And when is it like too much with technology? So this is something I, Dave Asprey, I think was interviewing someone. It was this, it was this interesting uh, anecdote where, it was like a CEO, high performing, and he was like, you know, I, I think I'm like losing my mind or whatever, dementia. And then the conclusion was, well, like you're, this guy was reading like 3,000 emails a day and this other stuff and like forgetting names of people. But the, the takeaway from the doctor, which I thought was interesting, is like your brain can only handle so much. So it's like prioritizing like you over this. And like it's just idea of I guess what I'm getting at is like w- technology and then which, which type of con- complex mental activity is good and what is bad and technology's role in all of this.
2: I think one area that we um, make a big mistake on, especially during our age with technology and you know, all the, the, the stimulus that's around us is we multitask a lot. And there is no such thing as multitasking. We just do many things poorly. and um, the concept can we say that again (laughs) (laughs) there is no such thing as multitasking it's doing many things poorly and that's how the brain works you know you hear these taglines everywhere you know you're only using 10% of your your brain capacity and you have movies where you know it shows actually the percentage of the brain from 1 to 10 to 20 yeah remember Lucy that was ridiculous it doesn't work that way we we uh, we pay attention to each and every activity 100% of the time. We just do it poorly. And there is a way to focus and concentrate and attend to things better in better ways. Um, how much is too much depends on so many different factors, you know, how, how much time have you had? What is your brain reserved to begin with? Have you had good sleep? Are you eating good food? Is your brain ready to absorb all that information? And I think for each and every one of us, we, we ourselves know what is that point where, you know, enough is enough and you can't really do more than that. Nobody can actually tell you. Um, And we all have to get into this um, habit of identifying that particular point for for ourselves.
1: Um, The gatekeeper of cognition is focus.
0: I like that one too.
1: Yeah. The gatekeeper (laughs) is focus. Meditation is about focus. Mm -hmm. And people don't know how much capacity they have for focus. The one thing that actually is affected first as we age is not memory. Is the focus centers, the posterior cuneate, this part of the brain that's for focus. And actually, uh, the optimal position for that part of the brain is to quiet down, it actually gets louder. Uh, I'm, I'm using. So, focus is critical. And focus builds cognition. You can actually increase IQ. And we rewrite this thing in Psychology Today, hopefully, it will come out soon. Beyond EQ, and IQ is XQ. And XQ, extraordinary brain, extraordinary quotient has nothing to do beyond focus multitasking, doing multiple things, overwhelming things, or the, the things that overwhelm your brain, destroys that focus. So if you wanna do more, and if you wanna do it really well, build better focus.
0: So what are some of the best things we can do for focus? Meditation? Yes. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Any Absolutely. type?
0: Or do you just, you know, we've got mindfulness, we've got, you know, we've got TM, we've got yeah. mantra, we've got every, like what what are the?
1: Whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. It depends on the personality. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, I agree. I couldn't sit in one spot, as you can tell. <laughs> sure. I couldn't sit in one spot and meditate. But when I do walking meditation, and a lot of people argue with me that there's no such thing. I said, you don't know what's going on in my brain when I'm doing that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I get deep, deep levels of focus. I mean, something that I would not be... I would not even fathom as an eighteen-year-old. Is driving good for meditation? For focus? Have you been to LA? <laughs> no, but sometimes
0: it's, I don't drive a lot in New York. But when I drive, sometimes I find it not cathartic, not but I'm focused.
1: Yeah, depends on the road, doesn't it? I mean, I know you that. Assume there's no traffic. We're not. Yes. It's not the four hundred five. <laughs> we're cruising
0: up the P- PCH.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. I've had those those events. I've had. Uh, in, in DC um, outside when you go on these high long oh, yeah. highways it's it is I don't know if you can get too, too much focus because then uh, you will be into the forest literally well then, <laughs> well then you got the
0: radio on it's like the running some people I forget who said this but like the problem like with running for some people it's meditation emotion, motion mm-hmm. it's focus but the moment you put on the music
1: yes gone, gone. Mm-hmm. yeah thanks so. yeah so I, I think it depends on the depth you want to achieve I, I think the depth you want to achieve with driving it's a little dangerous.
0: so what so what is so what is the uh prescription for focus what are the few things everyone can do their daily their daily life meditation
2: meditation yes or you know sometimes some people are intimidated by the by that word um so finding moments of um solitude and um silence to hear out what your mind and what your body's telling you and it can be as uh, you know as as small as 30 seconds 30 to 60 seconds and building that building that we work we work in the communities. so for the for those of us who are in the trenches and for people who are you know working three or four jobs just to make ends meet and they're you know experiencing a lot of you know problems in life it's it's very difficult for them to to start on that track and it always works when you give them hope that they can do it anywhere Um, Even in the parking lot right before they go to their job and it can be as as little as 30 seconds to a minute and Not to be afraid of losing focus because that in itself is a strength the moment you lose focus and you come back and refocus That's that's a strong um, You know um, exercise for the brain Mm -hmm. and to um, Lengthen that period of focus as much as possible is key.
0: Okay, so we've got purpose. We've got focus. We've got stress What about sleep? Oh, oh wow!
1: It's a, Where do wh- we begin? Yeah, we, we just wrote a paper on on this as well. Uh, sleep is the best, most important, most cleansing part of the day. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a little catch for you know how could it, be? but it is. I mean, imagine what would it take for evolution to sacrifice safety for you to sleep? I mean, eight hours a day you're out. That's not a safe evolutionary process is why would it why would it sacrifice that Mm
2: -hmm.
1: well because it's an incredible incredible part of the that's two main functions that we know of by the way uh, uh, the only humility we know is of science and i love if everybody just couches their statement by saying to the best of our knowledge today and that's not a weakness to say to the best of our knowledge and not be absolute about things is a strength i agree yeah this is the time that all all of us have to start agreeing to that that we have to be data-driven, and we have to be okay by saying to the best of our knowledge and not create false failure by, by you know. So to the best of our knowledge, there are two things about sleep, and they're magical. I mean, science magical. <laughs> one is, it, is uh, it helps consolidate memory and thought. It actually puts things into the right folders and files. Not literally, but, but places in the brain. Maybe
0: for me it does. <laughs> yes. It,
1: it, it is incredibly organizing. And we know that when you look at the brain function the next day across age, gender, uh, education level, uh, that the function is significantly lower with regards to memory and processing speed if you don't get sleep because of how, what it does. The second thing that it does is, is even more important. Uh, when we were in Beverly Hills, we were the main brain doctors, and we saw all these patients, and that came wonderful people. And a lot of people would say, I'm "I do this cleanse and that cleanse, and that's," good. and and I hope nobody gets offended. But uh, we said, "There's only two cleanses that we know of, data-driven. One is water, <laughs> and incredibly important because as we get older, the amount of water in our body goes down." from 70% to 60%. And water actually is the medium for all our functions. We need it for, so the less water means um, less efficient function. The second cleanse is sleep. We know that during sleep, your inflammatory factors go down, good sleep. That's why we say restorative sleep, not just sleep. I can knock anybody out. But because you knock them out with propofol, it doesn't mean that they have gone through the cycles of sleep. Mm -hmm. The four cycles plus the rapid eye movement, those all have a function. So the sleep has to be restorative sleep. And during that time, you do there's cleansing. The amyloid, which is the bad protein for Alzheimer's, go down. They've done studies. Inflammatory markers go down. Cortisol levels are modulated, not necessarily go down, but modulated better. Glucose levels are modulated better. Thyroid function is modulated better. It's incredible how much of a modulating, stabilizing, cleansing process sleep is. Then you know why we were left in the cave, knocked out for bears and lions to come and eat us. If, you know, because the rest of us that survived did very well with this incredible brain that is three pounds, 2% of body's weight, but consumes 25% of the energy. There lies the problem. 25% of energy means that you have to give it the right food that doesn't overuse energy. That's a whole different talk. Sure. We hear all these foods and all. I have the mechanism. This is, And we have to use the kind of energy uh, environment that actually helps it clean. And sleep does all of that. So how
0: much do you need?
2: Seven to eight hours for adults.
1: So you don't buy the like,
0: oh, I can do four hours. I'm one of those people. I'm not one of those people. No, but.
2: no. And I, I don't think anybody can function with four hours of sleep. And if they say four hours, I think they're probably sleeping a little more but not reporting it. Um, For children, it's more, up to 10 hours. And for elderly, it it goes down, about six to seven hours.
0: So you mentioned children, and uh, we have a year and a half old, and definitely that has had moments of limiting sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course. What do you recommend for raising a child and making sure your child has a healthy, excited, interested brain? Yeah.
1: We have two.
2: Yes, we've been through that journey.
1: Yeah, we have one uh, Alex is 13 and uh, Sophie's 11 and uh, yeah that they have been our central focus. And their brain has been our central focus. You've run tests on them. You've put them <laughs> on Com- wires on them. Completely, yes, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, the, uh, They're great kids. Whatever you're doing, it's working. <laughs> whatever <laughs> working. whatever <laughs> tests you're doing in the basement, in Linda, yes. it's, it's, yes. Working. it's, it's working. working, it's working. It's well, well, ironically, coming back to the first statement, I, I always say that if you want a child to be happy, you have to connect their purpose outside of themselves. Sorry, this might be a little outside. No, of I love kind. it. Yeah. Because if the purpose is self, the self is never satisfied. You can buy all the Bug- I found out about these cars, by the way, in Cedars, Bugattis and Maseratis <laughs> and Cedars. We just learned Cedar these names. Yeah, all these exotic <laughs> cars. We, we we were we were the directors of Alzheimer's Prevention Program. I think we, had we were C- the only
2: the only ones who had a Toyota Sienna. Toyota van. Sienna, yes,
1: yeah. a very dirty one. But 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 <laughs> but if you connect it to things, it is an infinite infinite hole that will never be filled. So if, if, if you connect their purpose to something outside, outside of themselves, you know, environment, animals, the, the world, suffering and all that, then it, it becomes... Religion's it, handy there too. Religion's handy you there know. too, yes, yes. Um, uh, we did it to uh, environment and sure. <laughs> animals and all sure. that. But, but so it's, it's incredibly important to have that, that purposeful connection. And then the other thing is stimulus, managing stimulus. Mm-hmm. That's a question we're asked so often. So, what video game is good? What's not? Sure, it's not good or bad. It's the type. And to simplify, it's about focus. If the if the stimulus is such that it over stimulates too many factors, it overwhelms the child. They never develop that focus centers. And then the first thing, the next psychologist in the school does, give them the type diagnosis that we all know of, ADHD. Right. And then add to that a sugary cereal in the morning, and especially a boy who was a hunter-gatherer and now has to sit in 35, with 35 other kids for eight hours. You have a perfect diagnosis there, don't you? But, but, by, but stimulus that is focus-centered, even video games. I mean, I'm not against video games. I'm not against games at all. They're, they're incredible for visual spatial capacity, memory processing. We know that it actually helps with IQ. So you
0: ever, you know, Adam Gazzelli? Yeah.
1: Correct. Correct. So interesting work on video games. And, oh, and just, but the right kind make you smarter, right? right. and they will, and they yeah. will find better ones, and better ones, and better ones, and even um, as far as education, the system of education is these blunt. You're throwing this big book here that you just lost them there. I mean, how about in small increments of focus around that person's strength? There are things like Khan Academy and IXL, and all. I'm not gonna that are amazing. So. So for children, I think focus, again, focus and purpose serve the same purpose.
2: Yeah, we underestimate them a lot of times. We think that they probably are not ready to identify their purpose or, or um, try, to, try to focus on a purpose, but they do at a very young age. And they're able to put that at the center of all of their activities. And um, that keeps them focused and centered. And that has helped us quite a bit.
0: So, it's safe to say you're neutral on technology? Depends on intent, it depends on quality, how you're using
1: it? I would say uh, no. I would say I'm very massive. pro uh, technology. Uh, uh, it's like in the 1940s, somebody saying that airplanes are dangerous. Sure, Yeah, sure. yeah but no. Well, tech-
0: I'll be more specific. I should have said social media. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Social media is a little different thing, but, but technology is, is going to be opening up education. It's going to open up the full capacity of children. I mean, actually, a four-year-old has more neurons than ever in in their history, in their life. Then what happens, is a process called pruning, so there's programmed cell death, and the infrastructure that's left is them. We believe that that pruning has two elements. One is genetic. The other is environment. Environment determines how that pruning is done and what's left behind. So I think technology will help us out, but we're not there yet.
0: One of my favorite answers actually revitalized. I ever forget this. I said, "What about brain fog?" And you say, "What?" And I'm like, "What about?" Like, it's like, ah, oh, he got me. So, like, so how <laughs> to, to have been there? But so pe- people will describe, you know, this brain fog where they're. You know just forget where they are So, like what 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 are some of those things like brain fog that people experience during the day where they're just zoning out or lost track
2: i think it's multifactorial yeah you know for um for some people it's just um for a lot of people it's food you know it's the amount of sugar that we consume on a regular basis and it really does um produce that fog but then it could be because of multitasking it could be because of um lack of sleep. It could be a combination of all of these factors. But it's a pretty legitimate thing. And sometimes people don't, um, because they don't understand the definition, they describe it very well. They describe the specific symptoms of of what that essentially means. And for us, it's helping them identify the areas that they're doing wrong and, and fixing it.
1: I fully agree. I mean, um, 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 but the other element is also, and the other element is also the fact that that could be for predicting future decline. Mm-hmm. So we know that after a certain age, and that age actually is fairly young, after age in, the, in our twenties, late twenties, we start losing cells. That start losing cells is is actually indication that oh, we have peaked. And we just, from Alzheimer's Association, this other research that was done that almost in everything, we start declining across age. And one area that we don't is vocabulary. For majority, it gets better, better. But everything else decline. And so some people decline more. So if I could, if there was one thing I could magically do is give this sense of awareness and urgency to 20 and 30-year-olds. that Forget about Alzheimer's. It's about maintaining vibrant brain activity in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And if you do that, Alzheimer's is not going to happen, that, or you're going to push it past normal age. But maintaining brain activity, vibrance, is the critical thing. Cell loss, not important because we have way more cells than we need. It's that connectivity. It's the food that we give that shocks the brain it's it's the lack of sleep it also starts accumulating in our 20s and 30s
0: so what are those things if you had to outline them right now yeah a lot of our listeners are in their late 20s early 30s and so forth like okay like these are the things you
1: must do yeah first of all start eating better Yep. yeah um, and whole foods plant-based diet whole food plant-based yep. diet i mean i think there's a controversy but across the board when you talk when we talk to uh, what's um uh, plant paradox? Um, Gundry, Doug, Gundry and others, yeah. and mm-hmm. we spoke. Uh, you know, I push, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and he said, and they all say, at the core, it's whole food plant based. Yeah. Little changes here, little changes. It's whole food e- plant based. Eat food, not too much. Yeah. Mostly plants. That's right. Right. It. Pollen. Yes. Pollen said it all, Perfect all right. Perfect statement. Yes, yeah. he get it. He said it right efficiency of language you know that that's it
0: i don't know where he's going with psychedelics that's another conversation (laughs) i don't know if i agree with that one i haven't read that book but yeah yeah me
1: either but but that's it whole food plant-based and that will be incredible energy source for your brain because to maintain the brain capacity the second thing is exercise more than you thought so what does that mean more than you thought? So everybody, everybody we talk to, my patients, I, I say exercise, and all of a sudden they just, oh, I, I, I walked the neighborhood. I said, that's fantastic, but that's meditation. you got to get tired. you got to get tired about 25 to 30 minutes a day, uh, four to five days a week. That's the data over and over again. and you got to get tired. You got, and the reason I don't say, oh, <laughs> measure your pulse and subtract age and all those things, right. nobody's going to do that. But if you have difficulty finishing a sentence, that's a good measure because okay. that's your measure isn't it? But, but
0: i take the stairs that's everywhere it.
1: so that's the second there are three legs Pardon the upon oh. to exercise yep the one is you got to do aerobic exercise at least 25 minutes that second leg is you have to move throughout the day
0: mm-hmm.
1: you have to move throughout the day because even if you did half an hour of exercise but then you sat around the, whole, the rest of the day you negated the benefit
2: sedentary behavior is a new smoking
0: yeah
1: yeah, yeah. so move Use the stairs, whatever you have to do, get up, you know. uh, The third one is a shocking one, interesting one, sexy one. Um, uh, Leg strength is very strongly correlated with brain health. There's a mechanism, I can actually explain, but it would be boring your audience to that, but leg strength. Squats. Squats, Mm -hmm. mini squats, (laughs) walking the stairs, biking. Putting a little bike uh, in your living space while you're watching the news, you're angry, you're moving fast, you're just <laughs> walking, you know, slowly. But then every few, every few commercials, just rev it up. Make it part of your living space. I mean, we have memberships in all kinds of gyms. Do so you guys like,
0: like spinning? We do. Yeah. Okay. we do,
1: Yeah, yeah. biking is, is – biking I love better than a lot of other things because the brain, we, we forget. We have magical th- – it's in a very bony, rough – uh, you know a, a container sure. so running I think it does have some effect long term I've seen but biking takes away that trauma biking is 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 not the up and down bouncing so I love biking for people and especially if you bring it to your living space then the excuse I, I don't want to go out I don't want to get dressed I don't want to do this that all of that is gone you're just watching the news and just slowly going and every few commercials you rev it up that's the Maybe best Maybe not thing. watching the news, though. Yes. Right. Something else. <laughs> Something yeah. else. Yes, else. yes yes, yes. Some, some, yeah. National
2: some, Geographic.
1: Okay, some. that's better. <laughs> yeah. so, so exercise is critical. Exercise builds. Two things can build the brain, actually grow the brain. Studies have shown that the hippocampus grows. Remember that after age 20 or so, you start shrinking. Mm-hmm. Exercise actually grows the brain. So whenever people come to us and say, so what are you selling? I'm saying, you're not selling vitamins. You're not selling food. You're not... We're selling for you to, you know, do biking, uh, sleep more, and eat more greens and beans and, you know, vegetables. That's basically it. So, uh, but the, the exercise component actually grows the brain. That's, that's a critical thing that you should start as early as possible. The other thing exercise does is it actually modulates all your other systems, right. your endocrine and everything else. Your legs are your biggest muscles. In fact, the biggest pump in your body, blood pump, is not your heart. It's your legs. So and that's that's why exercise is important, and the third one is uh, is sleep. I would say sleep. Sleep.
2: Yeah, we're not getting enough sleep or good sleep, um, and um, and again it has to do with just too much stimulus around us and the sleep, concept of multitasking. Sleep yeah.
1: tips at night. Yeah. Yeah, many. I think we can we can, you can eliminate need for sleep medication over time, not immediately. I we're not against medicine. Medicine should be a bridge should not be a stand forever you know as doctors we've been we've learned that it's either pill or knife mm-hmm. and we never know how to get people off of things i say the job of a doctor is to get people off of medicine so when somebody has high blood pressure definitely they should take medicine for, for short term but what gets rid of blood pressure long term or reverses it is lifestyle mm-hmm. so that should be a bridge cholesterol medicine should be a bridge sleep medicine should be a bridge but over time over a year, you can through sleep hygiene through cognitive behavioral therapy and other measures you can completely change your relationship with your sleep
0: and so last question a lot of people you know, this is this is a big epidemic a lot of families are hurting hits ho- hits uh, close to home. What advice do you have to people who have a loved one you know suffering from cognitive decline, dementia Alzheimer's, et etc or, or starting to see signs like what what advice do you have? For those people those families it's
2: i would i would tell them to separate the person from the disease a lot of times we always see the disease um the person is way more than the symptoms and for people who are hurting um it's important um, for everyone to remember the good times the beautiful personality that that person is and was and there are going to be moments where there's going to be a lot of pain and disturbance and stress. Um, one of the good things about dementia and Alzheimer's disease is that it's very easy for, for the families and loved ones to, um, to distract them um I, we have this one mechanism where you know they they have a lot of anxiety so people who go through dementia have a lot of anxiety because slowly you 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 feel slowly and gradually losing parts of yourself so that's a very high anxiety state to be in but then you throw in a wrench in that system and remind them of a beautiful memory and then suddenly they just follow that story and they forget about the anxiety momentarily but they forget about it and they They start creating that story. They start living in that moment that had happened in the past. And that's quite helpful.
1: I I fully agree. Um, There are two elements to Alzheimer's. One is prevention. Uh, Once a person has Alzheimer's, full-blown Alzheimer's, there are people making claims that they can reverse Alzheimer's. That's playing with people's hopes and, and, and much more than that actually dangerous. And we will never make that claim. At this point, nobody can reverse Alzheimer's. Prevention of it is possible. Significantly, but once you have full and Alzheimer's, at the best you can slow, slow it down. Right? Yeah, yeah, slow it down, and and that's important. But that's the second thing is how do you manage a person that's going through beginnings of this, at, where the anxiety and fear, and as I, I just said, it's important that the family, if if possible, the whole family becomes part of this. It's such a growing experience for the rest of the family members, especially youngsters. I, I'm a, In my clinic, I bring the whole family. And one time I had a, 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 a family of 14 people in my clinic. And it's a small little room.
2: He stole all our chairs. There were like 16 yeah. chairs in his room in the office.
1: And I make sure that it doesn't become a painful, because it's a chronic disease. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge. It's a family challenge. It's a growing experience for the grandchildren. It's a growing experience for the rest of the family. The number one population that actually suffers from uh, abuse are people who have dementia, fulminant dementia, not because the people are bad, lack of knowledge, lack of resources. And I actually give people knowledge about what are the challenges you will face when a person reacts a certain way. It's not them. It's the disease. Look what you just did. You just took the disease as, you know, separated from the person and then build around the beautiful memories. Mm -hmm. You've just taken a disease and made it a family-growing experience. And I think it should be in every disease, but especially in Alzheimer's, because otherwise, otherwise it's the most painful process to go through alone. Mm -hmm. The caregivers die 60% faster than the patient. Why is that? Because it's that painful. If it's not supported by the rest of the family, by the rest of the community, that's why we're doing the community approach. All the profits from the book are going to go into this Healthy Minds Initiative where we go into the communities, educating communities. There are communities that don't know anything about Alzheimer's. And for us, to so that's the critical thing. This disease will overwhelm our society, and we have to meet it as a population together and grow with it.
0: Do you think we'll see a cure in the next 10 years? Yes.
2: Absolutely.
1: Wow. That yeah. was quick. I like that answer. Yes.
2: No, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of good work that's been done.
1: In the meantime, the rest of us cannot focus on gimmicks, yep. it can, even if it comes from Cher's eyes or anybody. <laughs> yep. Don't buy any. <laughs> yeah. We have to focus on families. Well, I and think everyone
0: should <laughs> still buy your book, but
1: <laughs> communities. Communities. Oh, no, I'm with you. Yeah, communities are everything. You have created a community, and, okay. and, and that's way more powerful than any clinic. Thank
0: you. We're trying. Well, thank you so much guys, Dean Aisha. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thanks everyone. Thanks. Thank you.